Jesus asks John the Baptist's two disciples, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? It's a question he also asks us. What are you looking for? What do you seek to find by following after Jesus? What are you hoping for or even longing for? In Jesus, what is lacking that you hope will be made complete in him? What made you turn from following another person or program to follow after Jesus? What are you looking for? Andrew and his unnamed companion, although it's quite possible that his companion was the author of the gospel, John the Evangelist, we don't know, but there are some indications that might point to that. But anyway, the two of them had left their home and come down to the Jordan where John the Baptist was preaching a a, a, a sermon on repentance, repenting of sin, and then baptizing for the forgiveness of those sins. So they'd been on a spiritual quest. They had come uh, from the hometown Bethsaida on the north of uh, the Sea of Galilee near Capernaum, where Jesus started his ministry after he left Nazareth. And so they've come on a spiritual journey to hear this crazy-looking man, John the Baptist, um, preaching against sin uh, for repentance, uh, for people to come to repentance and then be uh, baptized and receive forgiveness of sins. He's made it quite clear, though, in the beginning of the gospel that his is not the final baptism, that there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit that the one on whom the spirit uh, the spirit alighted at his baptism he is the one who will have a baptism of the holy spirit who will bring that to the people and so they're there uh with John the Baptist when he points to Jesus and says there is the lamb of god And they leave John the Baptist immediately and follow after Jesus. They began to follow him and hearing them behind him, Jesus turns and asks them, what are you looking for? And they ask him where he's staying and he said, come and find out. And they go and they spend that time, it's four o'clock in the evening, it, it seems to not have taken them long before they realize that this is the long-awaited Messiah. Just a short amount of time in Jesus' company. And they are sure that he is the anointed one. Now, much of Israel, when they were looking for a Messiah, were wanting somebody to throw off the Roman yoke of slavery over the country and to bring about some kind of a physical revolution. But evidently, these two, at least, 
had an understanding of the anointed one as being something different, something spiritual. There is a hope that God is going to return to his people. And they would later associate, if they don't already, the servant songs in Isaiah with this anointed one. The one who would bring Jacob back to God. Who would bring the Jews who had fallen away from God. Who had fallen into their own ways instead of God's ways. This would be the one to bring Israel, to bring Jacob back to God. But not just that. He would be a light to all nations so that God's salvation would reach to the ends of the earth. And immediately after he has realized this, what does Andrew do? He goes to find his brother, Simon. And he brings Simon with him to Jesus. And notice Jesus is not at all surprised at this. And he turns to Simon and gives him a new name. He says, you will be called Cephas, which means Peter, both of which in the different languages mean rock. And you'll remember later on in the Gospels that Jesus turns to Peter and says, you are the rock on which I will build my church. See, Andrew and his companion thought that they were looking for the anointed one, for the Messiah, but little did they know that Jesus was already looking for them. And so he's looking for Followers and they follow after him. You too might have thought that you were looking for Jesus, but he was already looking and for you. He always goes out first and looks for his children, even if we think we're the ones that have gone looking. And he gave those early followers a new vocation and a new name. And he gives us a new vocation and us a new name. He says in the Revelation to John, Let everyone who can hear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Everyone who is victorious shall eat of the hidden manna, the secret nourishment from heaven, and I will give to each a white stone. And on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one else knows except the one receiving it. You have a new name on a white stone. It's you perfectly. It's who you are. It's who Christ knows you to be. His beloved. 
And only you will know that name and him. It's already engraved for you. A new name and a new vocation. By God, you were called into the fellowship of Jesus Christ, says St. Paul. You were called to be saints, which means set apart ones. That's what it means to be made holy in Jesus, by Jesus, to be made saints. It's to be set apart, as are all those who call him and call upon him by his name, Jesus. Not for our glory. We're not made holy by Jesus for our glory, but for his. It's to be set apart for a purpose. And the purpose is to be a renewed Jesus-shaped, transformed humanity. A new, Jesus-shaped, transformed humanity so that he may be made known, so that he may be worshipped, so that he may be obeyed to the ends of the earth. This is our vocation as it was that of the first disciples. The question is, how do we become Jesus-shaped and transformed humans, a new humanity into the world? Well, the first thing is to fall in love with Jesus. It's just to fall in love with Jesus. And sometimes that means falling in love with Jesus again. If that's you, there's this wonderful song by Keith Green. And you can pray the words with me. Oh Lord, please light the fire that once burned bright and clear. Replace the lamp of my first love that burns with holy fear. See, we can get so busy doing for Jesus that we forget to rest in the love of Jesus, to love him. Yes, there are seasons when he calls us into activity, into ministry for him, but there are also necessary seasons. Eventually, if we keep in him, because eventually, if we keep doing ministry and try and do it in our own strengths, well, we don't have the strengths to do it in and of ourselves. So what happens? We get burnt out. We get tired out. And we're no good. That's why Jesus calls us back to rest in him. Sometimes I think 
we've over the time of doing and being busy we end up bringing along with us one of those cardboard cutouts you know the ones of celebrities that people put their arms around and if you look at the photo it looks like they actually were with them but they can be knocked over we've designed a jesus that we can pull along one dimensionally with us but he calls us back to him so we must fall in love with jesus all over again or maybe for the first time we do that by going to the gospels and having Jesus just jump off the pages to us let go of all of the theology all of the dogma all of the doctrine that you might have heard over all of the years and just read the gospel as if for the first time and see Jesus come alive fully dimensional and let his love pour over you from those pages because this was love that god sent his only son to bring us back to him and jesus shows us that love on every page of the gospels and then go to the mothers and fathers of the faith and read their stories because they were ecstatically desperately in love with Jesus through hardships through mountain tops they were in love with Jesus read Julian of Norwich or John of the Cross or the desert mothers and fathers or Teresa or any of them in between uh, the Wesleys read their stories read magnify the living lord in our day and and just rejoice about the fact that God's love goes into every nook and cranny of your life and receive it in so that it fills you and you love him and spend some time in the spiritual disciplines especially in all the forms of prayer so that he can whisper in your ear my beloved rest in me my beloved just shh. rest abide a while don't struggle just rest like andrew and his companion you might have thought that you were looking for jesus whereas in reality he has come looking for you perhaps again perhaps for the first time you have been chosen you have been 
called. You have been sanctified. You have received spiritual gifts for the simple reason that God loves you. Will you rest in his love and renew your love for him? For in so doing, you will find your humanity to be Jesus-shaped and transformed. And there is nothing more alluring than somebody who is ecstatically in love with Jesus. And you will be able to say with the psalmist, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. And many shall see and stand in awe and put their trust in the Lord. Amen.